welcome to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Joyous conversations about what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about our one reality. You have nothing to fear. You are eternal and you are perfectly loved. Knowing the truth changes everything. Now, here's Roberta. Welcome to Seek Reality. I'm Roberta Grimes and I'm so glad you're with us today. You know, one of the many important results of our intensive study of the afterlife over the last 50, 60 years, and of the greater reality actually where it all happens, where this reality, the afterlife, and so much more actually exists is in one gigantic, central, greater reality. And there's so much more that goes on there that we don't even know about yet. When, As we more and more study this wonderful, wonderful central reality of which we all are a part, we get more and more in-depth knowledge of the complex and beautiful and gigantic reality of which we're all a part. Our lives and all that is around us, seen and unseen, are so much more than what we ever before have even imagined. And as we learn ever better to navigate in that astonishing greater reality, which is much, much greater than the entire universe, and to use it for our benefit, humankind is going to be enriched in so many ways that are scarcely even dreamed about now. Very exciting time to be alive. That's been the most joyous aspect of doing this work for me. I began doing afterlife research. I pursued it for decades just to satisfy myself that all human lives are eternal. And what a comfort that has been. All the people I love, everyone listening, we are all eternal. But then I felt called to share what I had learned with everyone. And that's really been fantastic too i've had so much fun doing that and it continues to this day i get lots of emails i enjoy answering questions it's wonderful but more and more and just in the last few years the truths we have been learning have been showing us that there's a whole lot more that we need to learn this is a whole real reality and there's just like studying if you wanted to study montana you could spend your life studying all the aspects of montana well this is a whole lot bigger and more varied than montana so there's a lot that we're learning now and one of the things we're learning is that the only way to study the greater reality which is the, where we actually are where we actually live is the way we've been studying it. We sort of intrepid researchers who are not even trained in science. The problem with science is that it's a study of matter. They will tell you that proudly. And the fact is, even they, the scientists, know that the material reality is less than 5% of what what they know exists. There's probably even more that they don't know exists. But it all fits together with what we're learning about how much bigger the greater reality is than just the material universe. All of this is so new, and it's so amazing, and it's so beautiful, and it's all so consistent. We're sure... We're sure it's true. And even many of the scientists, as you know, we've quoted them here, many of the greatest scientists have understood a lot of what we we say here. For example, I mean, who is a bigger deal than Albert Einstein, right? Well, he said that material reality is all an illusion, although he said it's a very persistent one. He said that. As we know, Max Planck said that consciousness underlies everything. So we are coming more and more to be willing and fearless about studying what is really going on. And I've had for you some wonderful guests who are experts in some of these somewhat more esoteric but very important fields that are going to help us better our lives in tremendous ways when we know them, when we understand them well enough. 
So our guest today is Ann J. Clark. I've known about this woman for a whole long time. I've met her at conferences, and I always sort of meant to have her. And uh, this has just been a great confluence. I'm so excited to be interviewing her today. Ann is a researcher who's really spent her life doing research in, in many, many ways. But the Michael Newton Institute certifies Life Between Lives facilitators, and she is one of those certified by them, and she's a Reiki master. She now, and all of these, we'll ask her about, she'll explain what they are, and they're all ways to improve your life. If you find good practitioners in these fields, you can get a whole deeper understanding of your life and make it much better. She practices her craft now at Wisdom for Wellness in Hoover, Alabama, and she does great loss workshops, which are popular online. Anne works very closely with the Newton Institute, and she's going to talk to us about that today. The Newton Institute carries on the work of the late Michael Newton. I think he died in 2016, recently. He was the author of some very popular books, including Journey of Souls and Destiny of Souls. You probably have heard of him. Anne is going to share with us some of the amazing results that can come from Life Between Lives therapy. I should say, too, that she's very good at this. She's received awards for her pioneering work, and among them, the prestigious Peggy Newton Award from the Michael Newton Institute. She's going to have a new book coming out in December called Healing from Great Loss, Facing Pain and Grief to Recover Your Authentic Self. And I'm so glad you're with us. Welcome, welcome to Seek Reality. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here with you today. When we have someone for the first time as one of our guests, many people want to know more about who you are because they know that you have spent your life doing all this, what I think is extremely important work. And I think that history will show that that, in fact, is true. But who are you? What brought you to this work? What's your, what, what is Just briefly, what is your background? I'm an RN. And I spent most of my life as an academic researcher, most recently at the University of Alabama in Birmingham. For years, I studied traditional healthcare topics. But as my career proceeded, I began to have many questions about why do people heal in spite of us in some cases? <laughs> in spite of us, right. Not at all when we've done everything right. And there were many questions I had about experiences that patients were relating to me. One particularly got my attention, and that was early in my career when I was working in the emergency room. She was brought in after a car accident with no vital signs. We took her immediately into a treatment room and began resuscitation. After it was all over, we were successful. And I was with her, waiting for her to be taken up to a hospital room. She said to me, you know, I watched the whole thing. <laughs> right. I thought, well, <laughs> right. uh, it's Welcome just to our world. <laughs> and so I just said, mm-hmm, and went on doing what I was doing. She became a little irritated with me and started describing things. Yeah. And I was a little surprised that she was so accurate, but I thought, well, maybe she's watched it on TV. So anyway, um, she got quite angry, and, and the person came to take her upstairs and just wished her well and went on about my business. As she was leaving the room, she said, you've got a big runner all the way down the back of your left stocking. Oh. 
Well, <laughs> I knew she couldn't have seen that because she was not conscious when she came in. And she was on a cart and never could have. I was always right beside her. So I dismissed it. Went about my day. My shift was very busy. And it wasn't until the end when I was charting and walked up uh, to the nurse's station. And my colleague said, what happened to your left stocking? Oh, gee. I looked back I and there it was. I got chills. That made you want to understand that phenomenon, which right. you know, being out being out of body, often people call them a near-death experience, but that woman was not necessarily near-death. All near-death experiences are essentially spontaneous out-of-body experiences, and, and that's, uh, that's what happened. Isn't that wonderful? Okay, so that woke you up. And how did you find Michael Newton's work? Well, I continued with my academic career, but I kept paying attention to any instance when someone had to be resuscitated or uh, recovered from something that we thought they would not recover from. And I learned that many people had these types of experiences. So I kept cataloging them. But it was not until mid-career when I really started having some questions about what we were doing in the healthcare field and whether or not we were really getting at what people needed. I started looking at questions like, why are we here? What are we doing here? What's life all about? And that is when I found Michael Newton's books. The minute I found them, I knew that that was what I was meant to do next. Wow, good. I early retired and in rapid succession became certified in hypnotherapy, past life regression, practiced for two years, and went on to become certified as a Life Between Life facilitator. Wow. Okay. So let's tell people briefly what that is, because they we, we've had people on who do past life regression therapy, but this is something different. If people haven't read Michael Newton's books, they don't understand that there it, there is a period between our lives. We don't jump right back into the next life. But it's tricky for us to understand that because there's no time when once we're out of our bodies and, and in this process of going home. So um, it, clearly we're told people don't come right back into a body. They'll, they'll stay there. Everybody will, that they knew during life will come back. Peter Wright, I was trying to remember Peter Wright's name. Oh, I have this little old man in my head who, uh, with a green eye shade and one dusty light bulb, and he keeps looking in his file cabinets for things that I'm trying to, and he comes with, up with them sometimes a half hour later. I don't know. That's very strange, but that's the way it is. <laughs> that's for great. Me. <laughs> anyway, so when you transition and go home, there is a process right after death, which is pretty extremely consistent. Near-death experiences don't include a lot of the, 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 those steps. But what, what Michael Newton did was to regress people to that period, not to, to uh, the next, the, the previous life, but to that period in between lives. Talk about that. Talk about what he found, because I think it's quite fascinating. Well, life between lives is a term coined by Michael Newton. And he stumbled on it by accident when he was working with a patient who came in because she was so lonely in her current life, even though she had people all around her. So he asked her during the hypnotherapy session to go back to the source of this loneliness. 
And much to his surprise, she did not go back to anything in this life, but she went back to the spirit world. Her loneliness actually stemmed from her missing her soul family because she had incarnated this time on earth without any of her soul family, and she was missing them. This led to 25 years of sessions where Dr. Newton developed the process called Life Between Lives that allow us to go to that place in contact with our soul and the guiding beings who help us on the other side without actually dying to do so. We spend about two to three hours there, can ask many questions, can learn many things, can gain many new insights. A Life Between Lives procedure is a profound life experience. Wow. Get there through a very uh, deep hypnotherapy technique. So is this what you do in your office? You regress people to their lives between lives? Yes, but given the pandemic this last year, I do all of my sessions online now, and I find that it works just as well. Isn't that amazing? better. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, our, the, our sort of resident uh, regression therapist who doesn't go between lives, he just goes to previous lives, Peter Wright, is is uh, doing the same thing. And he's surprised, too. He said you could do it just as well with Skype as you can do it with uh, uh, with someone who is right in your office. Uh, but so with, what's the process with you? If you if someone said, that's fascinating, I want to learn more, you, you, can, can you hypnotize just anybody? Um, if some people say, oh, I can't be hypnotized. There are, are only able- categories of people that can't be hypnotized. One, you have to have a certain level of intelligence. People that are uh, mentally disabled are not able to be hypnotized because it requires concentration that they're not able to achieve. The second category is people who are so skeptical, they won't let it happen. And the third category are people who are under the influence of alcohol or drugs. Everyone else can be hypnotized. Yeah, I thought I couldn't be either. And oh my goodness, I mean, you could hypnotize me and make me do anything. I now realize it's totally, it's totally beyond your control. But I'm glad to hear I'm smart enough to be hypnotized. I didn't realize that was an issue. That's really good. Okay, so so they they then you take them. Just briefly tell because I, this fascinates me. I I didn't even realize people were doing this routinely in their offices. How do you take people to that time between lives? It's a deep hypnotic process. I start out with about a half an hour of relaxation and putting people into trance. And then I take them into a deeper trance. The whole process takes about 45 minutes to maybe almost an hour to get them into uh, the right place to have this experience. Wow. Then I take them to through neutral or happy childhood memories back to the last life they lived or the one that their unconscious wants to bring up and to the death in that lifetime. And following the death in that lifetime, we use that as a natural process and go into the spirit realm. Okay. Now, do they see what we, I was talking with Anne before, beforehand and I found um, uh, Mike Newton's books relatively late when I was had a very clear understanding from people who 
we used to think were dead, but they're not. And they were communicating through uh, deep trance mediums. And also, of course, we know about near-death experiences. There are, there are all sorts of ways people have been in the astral. And they see it looks actually very much like and feels very much like being uh, on Earth. It, it's some people who die in their sleep and wake up and they wake up in their same house, they find it very hard to believe they're dead. And sometimes they have to be taken to the door and they look out and they don't see the neighborhood. Instead, they see this beautiful scenery and then they believe they're dead. So I wasn't prepared for what happens in these regressions. The people are sparks of light. And and it's very much, um, I think of it as the scaffolding. Apparently, and I've come to understand this because some people who are astral travelers can see this too, this, this sort of simpler version. I've come to understand that we deliberately are given the, the beautiful, luxurious afterlife vision, but it isn't. It is normal. I mean, that's not when, when we're when we're we've been there for a while. According to Mikey Morgan, we don't even care about that. It's not important to see the scenery. So I thought that was fascinating too. Doesn't that isn't that fascinating too? Do you sometimes find that they are in the scenery, or are they always those sparks of light that I remember from his books? Sometimes there there's a variable experience for people, but one of the things that we do during a session often is tell them to hold a mirror up in front of themselves and see what they look like now that they're having the experience oh, in the spirit realm. Really? And so they can see then what they look like. And they're quite surprised with the beautiful sight of wonderful colors and light. Wow, really? Oh, I, maybe I'm, I think I have to do this. I, I, this is something I'd like to try myself. Wow. Yes. Okay. And so, what do they learn? They they how do they learn what they learn in these in these regressions? Does in someone say? Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Go go ahead and say how it is they learn. In preparation for a life between life session, we ask them to tell us who all the important people, living and dead, are in their lives. So if they come up during this session will know how to ask questions about that. Secondly, we ask people to ask about 25, up to 25 questions that they'd like to know about. It can be something about their own life, their own experiences, or it could be something about the nature of reality or anything that they want to ask. So during the session, usually the first thing that happens is they're met at the gateway and if they are not ready for this experience, then they may not be admitted to the spirit realm at this time. I've never actually had that happen with one of my clients, but it is something that does happen in some cases. Once they're in the spirit realm, then usually they're met by their guide or their soul family. Often they're welcomed back. It's a joyous, wonderful experience. Uh, they talk with their guide and get information. And then we allow them to visit various places. They could go to visit their council of wise elders, where they can get further information about how they're doing on what it was that they plan to accomplish during this life. This is great. This sounds really wonderful. So many people can benefit from that. I, I get questions all the time from people. 
uh, some of them want me to help them discover these things about themselves. Because once people understand how much more there is to who they are personally, it, people become very hungry for that information. So that's really that's really great. Does this? So it only it if you can be hypnotized, it all almost always does happen you get to go there you get to learn these things and the only barrier is if for some reason you're you're not prepared to have this information um they will tell you that you can't enter but you haven't had that happen so it's relatively rare it's relatively rare typically we do a past life regression first i require that that i do a past life regression before doing the life between lives session I get to know the person quite well then and how they respond and how they process information so I can give them the best possible experience when they do the Life Between Lives session. Wow. Okay. Um, all right. So so uh, speaking about uh, Michael Newton, did you ever meet him? Yes. Uh, I was very fortunate. Michael Newton was at my training when I trained back in 2011. And so... Uh, he was there all week. I got to sit at, at uh, the table with him during meals and, and chat with him. How Plus lovely. he did classes for us. And then when I became the director of research for the Newton Institute, I went to visit him in his home. We emailed and called frequently. So I had a lot of contact with Dr. Michael Newton. Isn't that great? Yes, you became buddies. I love that. Yes. That's wonderful. One of the great things about the field in which you and I are basically doing our sort of careers at this point is is that it's a small enough field that there are some really major folks that you can you can meet and um, uh, it's it's I've sort of have had uh, you know hero worship excitement about some of the people I've met at conferences and stuff. I, I I think their work is wonderful and it's great to be able to just as you say have dinner with them. I had dinner with Raymond Moody once and I thought he was a charming man, and and uh, it's it's really quite wonderful to people can do that. Um, so all right, so let, let's talk about what's happening in that field. Are do you see it? growing is it is it still not catching fire because it should catch fire past life regression is something that a lot of people think is is useful to do now um it's grown a lot is is this between lives regression doing the same thing or are we a little earlier in the process i think past life regression has had a greater acceptance than life between lives and i find in my practice since i require a past life regression first Often the person gets so much information from the past life regression to work on and to process and to grow from that it's a while before they're ready to do the Life Between Lives session. So I have many more people doing past life regressions than I do Life Between Lives sessions. Yeah. But there have been 65,000 Life Between Lives sessions done in the world. Wow. <laughs> that's that's not small. There's a city for you right there. Wow. Okay. All right. So so what are the kinds of things people learn when they do these life between lives regressions? What are the particular kinds of problems that are most people's presenting complaints? Almost everyone wants to know what is my life purpose? And you can get definite information about life purpose. Others want to know how am I doing? on the goals that I set for this lifetime. 
they can get very specific information on that. If they have difficulties in their lives, for example, with relationships or with health issues or with financial issues, they can get advice on those things. The most recent book that was put out by the Newton Institute uh, is Wisdom of Souls. And in that book, there are multiple cases in which people got information on these topics that you can read about. Are you thinking about doing a book about some of your experiences, or is that is a book not in your future? Well, no, we know a book is in your future, but it's about it's about sorrow, right? Yes. Tell us just the, a little uh, bit about that book, a preview of com- coming attractions here. Yes. I'd always been interested in the grief experiences that people had, but what triggered this book is the unexpected death of my daughter, my only child. Oh, my word. I'm so sorry. 2016. And I realized then as much as I know about the afterlife, death, and dying, that did very little to protect me from the human experience of grief. Of course, of course. There are literally thousands of books out there on the human experience of grief. There is practically nothing out there on how the soul sees grief. So in my healing process from that experience, I learned much more about the soul's perspective on grief. And it is my firm conviction that having that information can really be helpful in helping us heal from loss. Can can you describe what a soul is? Because I tend to think in terms of mind. I, I don't, I think of soul as a religious term, but I know that some use it and it has a distinctive, a distinctive um, meaning. So how would you describe a soul? One of the big things we learned from Dr. Michael Newton's work is that we are not humans with a soul. We are souls yes, who we choose are. to well, come to earth yes. to with the human body. So soul is what we are, who we are. It's our essence. So it's what I call mind. In other words, it's just a different term for the same thing. It's what you're saying. We bring the same soul to all of the lives we live on earth. And in those lives, we have different brains, but our soul is there. And yes, mind is a a term that is sometimes used for that. Because, of course, our brain has nothing to do with our mind. In fact, the mind is what is eternal, or you could call it a soul. It's great. Okay. I love that. All right. Good. I I think we're talking about the same thing. That's right. Yes. In my practice, the average person I see for a past life regression has lived between 700 and (laughs) 1,000. Really? How do you pick the one to go to? If if you've lived so many times, how do you pick the one to go to? Your unconscious mind picks it for you. And I've been doing this since 2007 and never, not even once, have we gone to a life that wasn't very relevant to the person's current life? One of the questions I always ask during a past life regression is, uh, why did your soul choose to have you visit this particular past life? What What were you supposed to be told or shown? 
people have asked me the question, how many um, uh, lives have people lived? And I don't know. I mean, I know prominent ones, uh, you know, your prominent lives might be 20 or 50 or something. But if it's 700, that's, that makes me sort of want to sit down and relax and be, be tired just thinking about that many lives, my goodness. What, what, what can you tell us about those lives? I mean, do people favor one gender over the other? There are some that do favor one gender more than another. But most of us are equally in our lives, male and female. And That's something many people find hard to believe that that um, you know if if it's a, if you're if you're a woman now you probably were a man very recently and vice versa people it's this is all so much more fun than people can possibly imagine knowing all of this stuff don't you think isn't it just don't you smile it, it's know quite funny. all these things yes yes uh, I'm uh, I'm five foot three in this life and in my past life I was a German soldier who was six foot three, oh, gee. a male. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, but that's great. I mean, so that we're missing nothing if we are, you know, in this, a shorter woman in this lifetime because we have been a taller man and vice versa. If you're a tall man, you've had the experience of giving birth. You've had the experience of, of, of loving a man as a woman. All of those things are part of your history. So, no one should feel as if they're being cheated at all. Um, I, I think that's, to me, very freeing, too. So they, they come to you for, for this kind of information. Has anyone ever been regressed in, by you to what might be a famous lifetime? I've only had maybe one famous lifetime. Most, and that was a pope. A pope? That's so pretty- been a pope in the past. Well, most lives that we go back to are fairly ordinary. Yes. Yeah, I I think that does sort of disappoint people. But when you think of it, there are very there are very few people who actually are living a life that is going to even be remembered for 50 years after they have been on the earth. Never mind, you know, 100 or 1000 years. And those ordinary lives can be rich in experiences and rich in growth spiritually and so um you know give me an ordinary life anytime i think that's 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 what's really going to help you grow I, it, it distorts amazingly when when people are um living a uh, a famous lifetime i don't you think i mean it really just an, ex, an example is thomas jefferson thomas jefferson lived a pretty fancy life and when he, he after he uh went home he felt so distorted by that lifetime, and he felt he hadn't handled it well, that the, he immediately crashed, went into another lifetime, one more lifetime to get back in balance, is what he said. So that that's, to me, that makes it seem that you really wouldn't even want to be famous. You wouldn't want to have power. You wouldn't want to have those things because it, it puts you out of balance and makes it harder for you to grow spiritually from that given lifetime. We choose each life that we live. We have the opportunity to plan that life. We can choose our bodies. We can choose our families. We can choose the location that we live in. We can choose the time that we want to reincarnate. Yes. 
Have you ever found someone who, when you tried to regress them, they go to a future lifetime instead? That happened. That that has happened to some therapists. I have, yes, I have worked with some future lives as well. Can you give us a little hint of what the world is like in those future lives? Or have you seen any any changes from here, from now? In future lives, I have not received a really clear picture because I would say that I've had as many as maybe 15 cases where people have gone to future lives and they've gone to different time periods. But one of the things that I have picked up from these is it would seem that the next hundred years, because I do ask about date yes. during the, the session, uh, seem at one point it seems that we are destined to go through some difficulties. And when we get to the other side of those difficulties, there's going to be a rich period of peace and golden opportunities on earth. That is so fascinating to me because there are so many who say exactly the same thing. We have about 200 years or more of grief. And after that, I, I mean, even people who are, are doing astral traveling in other dimensions, which apparently is something you can do, they say that when they look back at the earth, it's covered in gray gunk, spiritual gunk. And yet when they travel, you know, 300 or more years from, from then from, or from now or from whenever, they, I don't even know, but I just remember it shocked me. There was a time when all that spiritual gray gunk is gone. Um, and and it, it's a, a you know beautiful blue marble again. I think that would be a wonderful thing to study. Although it's also kind of alarming to to study it because so many people and are saying the same thing that if you go ahead a couple hundred years, even a hundred years, it doesn't look really good at all. It's a very rough time on Earth. So let's talk about something happy. Um, something <laughs> yes, really happy. All right. So, so when when someone comes to you and they have these problems, how much fun is it to do this? Do do, do people enjoy it? Because I think I I would be. I have been regressed a little. My present guide won't allow me to be regressed. But um, I when I have done regression in the past, I thought it was a ton of fun. Really. To, to have these experiences. I think some people think it's fun, but I think for a lot of people, at the time they're doing it, it's a little bit difficult. When we write books, we write it as if it just flows. Right, I've, that's true. I've been doing uh, past life regressions and life between life regressions uh, for many years now, and I've only had maybe five or six that are so smooth it's like you're watching a movie. Everyone else... Uh, it takes a little effort. And some people see things, some people hear things, some people even smell or taste things. And a lot of people don't see anything at all. They just know. And it's oh. my questioning that brings out the information. But it's not as easy as it would seem. So I'd say that during this session, some people have fun, but many find it a little difficult afterwards they're exhausted but yes once they are able to listen to the recording of the session and go back and think about it they realize how profound the session was yes I, that was my experience too it was a little bit stressful going through it 
But afterward, I was so glad I had done it. And I felt I learned so much about myself and actually about family members, too, uh, who had been in those lives as well. So, yeah, right on. That's just how it felt for me. I would love to be able to do it, but I'm not allowed to do it right now. But all right. So so what's your website? Because I, I couldn't find one for you. Or, it's or, uh, www.birminghamhypnosis.com. Okay, we're going to put this in the notes, everyone, so that you'll be able to. Birmingham. I wish I could spell. That would be so much happier for me if I could spell. Hypnosis.com. Well, I'll make sure this is right because um, I think that a lot of people will be interested in knowing what you can do. I mean, there are some, there are other therapists who do who use this this kind these kinds of techniques but if you can take people to lives between lives and they can get information there that's something new uh, and i think that's uh, or new to many people i think that's something people will want to try so all right let's let's talk about um how you what, what you want people to know if, if you could summarize what you'd like people to take away from today what would you tell them First of all, I think knowing that we're immortal beings is really important. Knowing that we're souls who have come here to learn and to grow. And that the experiences that we have here that we find difficult, challenging, relationships that we find hard, all of those things are tied to what we came here to learn. Right. Yes. See, there's an, you are another person who is telling this audience that the same thing everyone else who has come has said, that we are here to learn. If something bad happens to you, know that you planned that before birth and you were excited to plan it because this is, it's like, I'm going to really, you know, run that marathon and I'm going to get the prize. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. We see all of these things that are terrible and stressful and painful on earth as wonderful opportunities to learn and grow spiritually, exciting. You can't do anything like this at home where we all live our eternal lives. So yeah, that's beautifully said. Thank you so much, Anne. What, what do they do at the Michael Newton Institute now? Are they taking people there uh, as as and teaching them? Is it a, what, what, is, what is their work now? Because obviously they're not writing more books or not many because he's, he's gone on. Uh, the Newton Institute does provide training It also is a source for you to be able to find an LBL facilitator that you could go to to have a Life Between Lives session. There are 200 certified uh, LBL facilitators across the globe in 30 different countries uh, providing Life Between Lives sessions in uh, 14 different languages. And so... That's great. So, so where, wherever you are listening to this, and people listen all over the world, uh, if you check in with the Newton Institute, they can tell you who might be someone who can, in your own language, your preferred language, um, give you this kind of therapy. And it sounds like it would be. Don't you see? Don't you find that people are pretty quickly um, helped by this in many cases? Yes, I, I do find that it's it's profound, and one of the things that I do see is sometimes we initially are very excited about the session. Perhaps we found that people in our current life 
are people that we've had other lives with. That's exciting and that's fun. Yes. Yes. But many times we need some time to process and think about what came up. In my own case, I had a Life Between Lives session after the death of my daughter. And it took me an entire year before I realized how profound the session was and how the key to exactly what I needed to do to heal was in there. Wow. Okay. And you're going to be talking about this in your book that comes out in December, right? Yes. I described the whole thing in my book. All right. Well, we're going to have you back. Um, I, I think that we've already fixed a date, and I will let you know uh, what, what, what it is. Uh, it's right at the end of, or very late in January. So um, you'll be you'll be already polished from your other interviews, and we're going to get the very best of you then. Um, but I'm excited about that. I'm excited about your book, and I'm very glad to finally have the had the opportunity to share you with with uh, this audience because uh, I think this has been great. You've told us so much, and it's been extremely helpful. Thank you so much, Anne, for being here. Really, thank you for the opportunity to come. I've really enjoyed our conversation. <laughs> it's fun, isn't it? Oh, everyone. Here we have come to another, the end of another, another interview with somebody wonderful that I wish we could keep talking with. This has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes, and I'm so glad you could be here today. Please never forget that you are a powerful, eternal being. You never began, you never will end, and when you really get what that means, it transforms your whole life for the better. Next week, our guest will be our illustrious friend, Dr. R. Craig Hogan, who will be with us for an amazing 30th time, 30th time in our eight years of weekly Seek Reality programs. Craig is just the most wonderful man you can imagine. He's the leading expert on the death process and the greater reality in the world. And he's been on our spirit-driven tear this year. He has written four fantastic books. One was Your Eternal Self, which is now 12 years old, rewritten for now and he's made this whole collection of books i just can't believe i don't think he ever sleeps the one we're going to be talking about next week is his newest it's called reasons for what happens to you in your life and your afterlife revealed by speakers in the afterlife he doesn't go for the short pithy pithy titles but this is a great book you're going to really enjoy this one and there's so much information in it that people really really want so please be sure to join us next week You are going to love, if you haven't already heard him, you're going to love Craig Hogan. He's such a wonderful man, such a good man. I think he's the most advanced person spiritually I have ever known who is is in a body, who has chosen to incarnate now. So please join us. Learn some things that will expand your heart, some truths that you will know that will resonate with you and from the leading living expert on our limitless eternal lives. And this week, we've been talking with Ann J. Clark. I so much wish we had had her with us years ago. Ann has spent so much of her career first trying to heal people, people's physical lives and then becoming a Life Between Lives facilitator for wellness at, at Wisdom and Wellness in, um, in Alabama. She is someone who really can help you go more deeply into yourself in ways that you just can't do any other way. Because, as I said, she's working with this greater reality that most of science, medicine, has no idea about. She works closely with the Newton Institute, which carries on the work of Michael Newton. And if you haven't read Journey of Souls and Destiny of Souls, I think everyone 
who has had, has has at least some sense that life is eternal really should should read Michael's work. It's it's really quite amazing, and in some cases it blows your mind a little bit. Anne will be here in just a few months to talk about her next book, which is called Healing from Loss, and she has really had a tremendously evil, bad experience, which turns out to be the way that we learn here. And I'm eager to see how, what she learned from that and how she's able then to share what's, what's good about some of the worst things that can possibly happen to us. I'm excited about interviewing her about that book. Anne Clark is yet another one of the wonderful people who are giving their lives in service to other people in ways that it's not possible to do unless you have some real understanding of what's truly going on. So I I applaud her work. I'm excited about having her back. And uh, if this interests you at all, just look in the um, materials for this website, uh, for this um, uh, podcast and uh, you'll find her website and you can see whether maybe what she does is a fit for what you need. I also just want to mention um, someone else that I love to talk about and if you like what we talk about here I think you'll also be delighted to check her out if you haven't already. It's Sandra Champlain. Sandra focuses mostly on the fact that life is eternal and her afterlife workshops and events, two podcasts she now does, two of them, and a popular free weekly online spiritual service called the Sunday Gathering. She has mediums there. She has singing. She has all the wonderful things. Sandra Champlain is beautiful. She's a human dynamo. Just go to wedontdie.com. See what she has to offer you today. Now, as you know, I do stuff too. My own nonfiction books are Liberating Jesus, My Thomas, The Fun of Dying, The Fun of Staying in Touch, The Fun of Growing Forever, The Fun of Living Together, and for children, there's The Fun of Meeting Jesus. You can order all these books through bookstores and on Amazon, and the adult books are also available as audiobooks. If you ever want to talk to me about anything, if you have questions, if you want to, if you have reactions to anything, if you have suggestions, don't hesitate to send me an email through the green contact block on robertagrimes.com. I do answer every email. It, give me a few days. And if you don't hear from me in a week, send me another one because it just means that you, I didn't have quite the right email address for you. Um, but I'm excited to hear from everybody. It's an honor and a thrill and a delight if you've thought to email me. So don't hesitate to do it. Everyone sort of opens with saying, I know you're so busy, but do you mind? No, I don't mind. I've invited you to do it. So don't hesitate to send me an email if you feel that the time is right. And if you enjoy these conversations, um, every Sunday morning, there is a new blog post on robertagrimes.com. This one, this week, happens to be especially lively, but we have a lot of discussions. We can go into things more deeply on the blog, and, and sometimes there it'll something will hit you or click because the whole point of this let's make sure we understand the point the point is i want you to know that you are an eternal being that's why i do everything that's why i get out of bed in the morning and that's why i do all of this just so you will come to understand and expand your horizons and your heart you will never die and you never actually began you are eternal by definition so this is just another way that I can perhaps help you reach that understanding uh, on, on my blog. But meanwhile, this has been Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Please enjoy, please make the most of this coming week in our one reality, knowing that you are a powerful, eternal being, and you, most of all in the universe, you are infinitely loved. 
You've been listening to Seek Reality with Roberta Grimes. Roberta blogs and answers questions at robertagrimes.com. Join us every week as we explore what the afterlife evidence and modern science combine to tell us is true about the one reality we all share. Knowing the truth changes everything.